0: Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Very nice to be with you all today on this Mandala Day. The beauty of Mandala Day, no matter what's going on, is just so incredibly heartwarming. Of course you may sit facing this way if you'd like. This amazing downpour that we just had was so greatly needed. The birds have been covered with dust, trying to find some source of water. We have a little uh, waterfall in our backyard that we built, for, more for the birds, but also for the sound. And they were so grateful. We had, because of the dryness, the water kept evaporating, so we had to fill it several times. Doing so, thinking, we're using water, we're using water. But all the little birds came and danced so happily. And so we heard the sound today, the wonderful sound of purifying rain and... Over these last uh, few hours, maybe 24 hours, the sound of the rumbling of the voices of the universe. And yesterday, you know that expression out of the blue? We had a little rain, and then the rain stopped, and it became a little sunny, and right. Then, this crack, one strike of lightning about 10 seconds after the thunder. And that was it. So, why am I talking about these things? Well, because mm, this is the season where we really can open to that which cannot be understood with the usual rational mind the left brain or whatever you want to call it we're reminded with mandala day with obon with the ceremony for transmitting the dharma of the power what cannot be Quantified or defined and explained. And I know that many people go to Obon thinking, well, do I really believe this stuff? You know, it's all about the spirit world, and somehow that concern seems to fall away. There were a few of you from Hoengi who participated this year. Jikyo, uh, I think almost every year has been there. And, uh, this year we had also, um, Jixing and Kobe. We had Kyugen for the first time at DBZ and Jixing for the first time about 60 of us, and this extraordinary ceremony of uh, experiencing what I read you earlier from Solon Roshi, experiencing that complete oneness, that utter oneness of life, death, of everything that we normally see as separate and apart from. And we can really experience it through the ceremonies of Obon. And this year we were blessed by a rare occurrence that has It has happened before, and I remember it well, but this year for various reasons, including how difficult it was to bring everything together, how few people knew what to do, and how we really missed having Kimpu there, and all these things that somehow were distressing in some way. Once Obon started, all fell away. And in a way, because of the difficulties and the problems and the challenges and the uh, mistakes that were being made, Obon called forth an especially powerful presence. When we went down with the lit lanterns and stood there and looked out over the lake and the lanterns moving in their glowing spirit world returning to the other shore. Light that was in the sky got stronger and stronger. We knew the full moon was there. We didn't know whether we would see it right then. But sure enough, just as the lanterns moved out The light got stronger, and the moon started rising, and became full and glorious. To experience this, to experience how right in the midst of our difficulties, what we call samsara or this saha world, only within this can we be shaken out of our usual quarreling mindset. kind of mystical and magical occurrence that happens always, that we're not in touch with, that we're reminded of at Obong, that we're reminded of at Mandala Day, everything, all these great teachers, every single one of us in this interconnected reality. The best word is the Japanese nyo, nyo, wonder, as in Maureen's terminen, nyo on, wondrous sound. No. Subtle, it can be translated. That subtlety means that we cannot experience it if we're caught up in ego-driven ways. It's always here, right now. You're probably all familiar with the story of a student who goes to a teacher and asks, How do I get into Zen? How do I enter the Way? And the teacher says, Do you hear the rushing waters of the stream? And the student says, Yes. The teacher says, enter um, here. Every moment, if we don't lock on to that particular manifestation, right, let's see it in everything. I'm sure everyone felt it during the thunderstorm, during the wind and the rain, The sound surrounding us. Every sound. Not limited to a gurgling brook, of course. This siren. Wake up! Wake up! Do you think you have time to doze off in your life? No, no. Wake up! can only be encountered fully when we drop our clinging to this what we usually refer to as separated self or separated identity all the old conditioning that goes along with it that draws veils over our eyes we cannot see clearly that somehow covers over all of the senses with the insistent I, me, mine. What does this mean for me? How am I going to? No, that's mine. It comes up in so many ways, and the discomfort that it brings brings with it usually is something that makes us want to run away, either deny it, push it down, or try to find some distractions so we don't have to face that discomfort. We can call it dukkha, we can call it many things. Just not willing to be present for whatever is going on in our lives. There must be a better way, there must be a better place. If I could only get rid of whatever, but instead, just go straight into it. Experience what it sounds like, what it tastes like, without analyzing. So, this is what we do in our Zazen to realize that everything that is conditional, that causes us suffering, is changing, has no permanence. Why do we believe in it? To the exclusion of everything else that's in this moment. These old habits, as they say, die hard, right? And there's a lot of fear. What if we didn't? have these habits? What if we didn't cling to what we have come to believe in as the self? Then what? So our practice is to go right into that. Then what? To sit in complete willingness to experience Things as they are, which can only be done if we start to feel the impermanence of all composite things, which disrupts that belief that we are controlled by them. Hmm? What is sitting, really, when you think about what we do on the cushion, but opening to that possibility that we don't know what's happening, that things as they are right now, right now, the things we have identified as problems, right now are our biggest teachers, most wonderful teachers. This is where the practice in relationship with someone you live with, someone you work with, very few of you are absolute hermits, right? Every now and then you go out, you see someone, and you get irritated. Yes? That's all. That we can say about relationships. We go out, we see someone, and we get irritated. Some of us don't have to go out to be irritated. <laughs> and so that's where the great teaching lies. We can really open to this and see it as the teacher we need. Maybe not the teacher we want. And again, that I want is Big impediment, right? I don't accept this as it is. I want it to be better. I know exactly how this person should be. I will tell this person. It doesn't seem to work very well. So the thing is, we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust this mind that we can truly open to in our Zazan. This is the point of practice. This is the word practice. Something comes up, a thought comes up, a trigger arises. We let it go again and again and again and again. We question, is this real? Why am I feeling that I have to be enslaved by it? Again and again, returning to What we think matters doesn't matter. This is the real meaning of Buji, you know Rinzai's expression, there's so many wonderful places where it arises in the Book of Rinzai. and. He's always reminding us of our disease. What is the disease? Well, huh? Well, lack of self-confidence. Lack of trust in true self. Instead believing in this concocted self that's based on all the patterns, all the conditions. He says, if your faith is insufficient, you will keep on wandering in confusion. We don't have the trust in our own true self nature. We will be gripped by everything that arises and threatened by it. He continues, you will be controlled and led around by others. You will not Freedom. And he ends, Is there anything you lack in your everyday activities? A six rays of divine light never cease shining. This is another way of saying myo. Another way of saying mandala day Another way of seeing the spirit world is revealing right here now. Whether we call it O-Bone or whether we call it just coming and sitting down and shutting up. Right here, right now. Never cease shining. If you can understand in this way, then you'll just be a person of Buji out your life. Miss Bugie, I really encourage all of you to read the translator's introduction that Ada Roshi wrote on his section on Boogie because it's very it's very helpful in Refraining from getting caught in the dualism that I've been talking about, that Solon Roshi said in that journal entry. And he asks, you may ask, if Buji implies doing nothing, then why do we have to practice? Isn't doing nothing, in the usual passive sense of the phrase, enough? So this is a question that all of us struggle with because we know that we are called upon to respond to circumstances with clarity of mind. And paradoxically, that clarity of mind is boji. Having no fixed thought about it, having no preconception about what our response should be, coming directly from the wisdom mind of our Zazen and being open to whatever has arisen. Therefore, being able to respond appropriately, not out of some view or opinion or controversy that we've gotten engaged in, I want to end with um, something that just happened. I had a student at anniversary session who had a really remarkable, deep experience, Ken and was so happy. He couldn't wipe the smile off his face. Just so happy, no matter what. Next day, pain. just kept smiling. The next day, dropped his food. Just kept smiling, no matter what. And then the other day, uh, he came for jokes on Zoom, and he still was smiling. But then he said, I'm just a little worried. I said, why? He said, well, maybe I'm becoming complacent. So this is what Rinzai is getting at, right? You don't trust in this opening to who you truly are, which is all of it. This light that keeps shining. Shining through. Shining through. This radiance. Then you think, oh, well, maybe I should be trying to make it something more. And that, of course, is is something that is part of our conditioning. What is effort? Well, I'm not making enough effort. I'm sitting here in bliss. Shouldn't I be making an effort? So these are the funny things that happen. But what I told him was, just go to this gesture of oneness and feel gratitude. That's all. No need to weigh it. No need to make a new effort to make it more or to keep hold of something you can't possibly grasp. It's far beyond you are far beyond this is the point it's not something out there it's within you right this is it so no gaining idea no sense of okay now i got something and i better get more it's really ridiculous when you put it that way but understandable Understandable, and this really very important point: no judgment, no blame. When your mind starts taking you into these places, okay? Just return to the breath with a grateful heart. That's all. No need. Anything else? So today is also our ONG annual meeting this afternoon in a few minutes. Do you know that it's been 50 years since this group started in a little room at Syracuse University? Who would have thought it? Yes, when we found this place and established this beautiful Zendo and did all of this, okay, 1996, and had our formal opening. We had a sense of the impact, but this is really what I'm talking about, the subtlety. Fifty years ago, a few people saw them. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org. Thank you for listening.